Welcome to the last in this series of Family Seasons. Today we're going to look at turning hearts in the end times and at the end of this program we're going to be giving you a heads up as to what's going to be coming next, so stay tuned. Welcome back to The Home Place and every time we start our program I say this is my lovely wife so today I'm going to say this is my lovely girlfriend. How about that? But <laughs> I married her 30 years ago so... Lucky she... you. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky me. Um, today as Carolyn said in the intro we are looking at turning hearts in the end time. The end of time is when it all comes together for God's people and for God I guess mm -hmm. and so we're going to look and uh, the lesson uh, made a big deal out of Malachi chapter 4, 5 and 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And that was fulfilled, at least when Jesus came back the first time, in the, if you read the New Testament, it was fulfilled in the life and ministry of John the Baptist. But before Jesus comes a second time, which is just before us, um, it's got to be fulfilled through God's people again. Mm -hmm. um, so, and it says, and he, talking about God, will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. So there's going to be some kind of um, religious awakening in family life. Mm -hmm. There's going to be mm -hmm. the hearts of fathers turning to the children and their children to their fathers. It's saying fathers here, but, you know, parents. Um, and, and before that can happen we have to have our hearts turned to our Heavenly Father. That's right, yeah. It that's, won't ever yeah. happen down the line into the family until it happens in our own hearts. And the, I have a quote here, another thing that we're told it won't happen until. Um, oh, before we go to my quote, you had some promises. Well, you... I just, you know, as I started looking at the lesson, I really was touched by the concept that Families go through stages and seasons and mm -hmm. sometimes we're in the season where everything is really fantastic and solid and then we go through seasons where things are fragile. Right. And every family experiences that and it was really encouraging us to, when it, we come to those more fragile times, and we know about those fragile times, right? Mm -hmm. When we come to those fragile times, the promises are the anchor that we need to hang on to. and. I think if we're doing that during the times when things are strong, then when things are fragile, we, we know more how to do that. And right. there's a couple of promises. I think you were going to show them. Yeah, got the first um, one This first there. one, Philippians 4 and verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Just want you to go back to that first screen. That means that we can go to God no matter what we're going through and trust that he has it under control and give thanks for the promises that we claim. That is, that is really powerful, I think, and it's only when you're going through things that you really begin to experience that in a very tangible way. Right. And I would encourage you as viewers to go to the promises. What I enjoy doing is going to the concordance and really fleshing out what that means in a very tangible way. Or, or, or just get a promise app for your phone. Yeah. There's tons of right, them. Right, right. And I've been doing that recently and I found it to be so encouraging to my heart and throughout the day the promise just comes back to my mind over and over and over again right. and I don't have to kind of make it because it's kind of become 
my promise for me in whatever situation and circumstance. And that has been really helpful. There's another one I think you were going to pull up. Yeah. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Does that mean we're going to have trouble? God already knew we would and he gave us a promise that said when we encounter it, he is our refuge and our strength. We can go to him and rely upon him. And these promises, I think, as we get closer to the end of time, which is kind of what this whole week is about, those promises become more real and tangible as we go through these different things and we realize there's nothing else to hang on to. Right. But the promises, but the promises are everything because they are sure. Yes, yes. Going back to the Elijah message, the quote from Mm -hmm. Malachi there, um, before Jesus comes again, there's going to be, as we were saying, a a turning of the hearts of the fathers and the children. There's going to be there's going to be a special power poured out, not just to convert the world, but to um, convert us. Well, and the thing is, the world won't get it until it starts here and then what we have to share is so real that people are drawn to god and this was a quote it's it's all kind of crammed onto one screen here but this really spoke to me it says when the heart is emptied of self-importance the door will be opened to christ so obviously this is saying when our heart is um emptied of self-importance the door to our heart will be open to Christ because you will recognize his knock. It's kind of implying that if you're still full of yourself and everything, you're not even going to recognize the Lord knocking on your heart. Going back to the quote, but unless you clear away the rubbish that keeps the Lord Jesus out, he cannot possibly enter for he forces no entrance. I love the rubbish part. That's from a daily devotional book, page 74. Um, So God is going to work that in us, but obviously we have to cooperate. We can't just carry on our own selfish lives and say, oh yeah, God will do it one day. He requires us to cooperate with him. And whilst we hang on to those promises, he wants to work in us a character Mm -hmm. that is, you know, 100% for him and for his ways and for his law. And so we shouldn't be surprised when difficulties come our way. Right, Because right. it's working a process in us. Amen, amen. Um, the rubbish, what, what would the rubbish be in this quote? What, what I was thinking about it. <laughs> what is the rubbish that keeps Christ away? Now, n- nothing keeps Christ away, you know, in one way, his love. But I, I, some, some things I put down here were maybe there's some secret sin in mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. that is keeping a distance between you and God. You know, brothers and sisters, if we want this experience of the hearts of the fathers being turned to the children and the children back to the fathers and this kind of family unity, then we've got to put sin out of our lives. We've got to ask God to work in us to get that sin out. But it's our choice that gets sin out. He gives every all the power and everything, but not against our will. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it's some bad attitudes. Maybe it's an Pride. unforgiving spirit. Pride, yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's TV or devices just kind of taken over life um, whatever it is if you are yearning for more family unity gotta deal with the rubbish in our mm-hmm. own hearts mm-hmm. um, so that's keeping Christ at a distance and that's not something that we can just go oh okay then yeah boom first of all we need 
to be humble enough to go to God to reveal to us what that rubbish is. Right. Or and, if we know what it is already, be humble enough to admit that that's what it is. And most times we don't want to let go of the rubbish. Right. So we've got to be convinced it is rubbish and then be willing to let go of the rubbish and then he can take it and of course he replaces it with something so much better. Amen. Amen. So Monday was um, talking, uh, took a, picked up a story in 1 Kings 16 mm -hmm. and 17 about how Elijah uh, went into Ahab and said, no more rain or dew, you know, until I say so. And then he disappeared out and he went and uh, God told him to go and sit by the book Cherith. The brook Cherith, yeah. yeah. And there, you know, Elijah was drinking the water and the ravens were bringing him food. And I thought as I was reading that story again, Elijah is watching that little stream dry up. <laughs> it's like, man, there's not much left. And if you read the Bible account there in 1 Kings 16 and 17, God didn't tell him what to do next um, until the brook had dried up. Right. So but... I'm sure he was saying, I'm sure Elijah was saying, so God, it's nearly dried up. What's the plan? And God was silent. <laughs> well, and the thing is, though, that we can be tempted to think he's freaking out that his brook's drying up. But remember... He didn't go to the grocery store for his food. Right. Every single day, those ravens were going to the king's table. But I'm sure, I mean, Elijah did freak out later on. You know, he did. So there, there could have been some panic. God, this I, thing is... I don't think so. You don't think no, so? I, I, think... I, I think he was human. And I think he's thinking, <laughs> God, there's only a trickle left. I well, mean, we're not demonstrating how human we are. <laughs> anyway, I think he was wowed out by the fact that whilst the king was having his rant and his rave... Those ravens were going and getting food from the king's table and bringing it to Elijah. Well, I think that's amazing. Yeah, I agree. That's <laughs> Maybe amazing. Maybe because I love birds. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, we live in a miracle. I mean, we breathe and you know, our bodies work and there's blue sky and we don't float off into space. These are all miracles. There's gravity. <laughs> but we're not so wowed out by all those miracles because they've been happening every day. Mm -hmm that we don't freak out about other things. So I think Elijah, sorry to disagree with you, but I think Elijah was probably in earnest prayer, maybe not freaking out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he wasn't in prayer. But eventually the book dried up and God told him to go to uh, another country and there to meet this widow. And this widow, getting back to the story here, um, Elijah said, hey, give me some food. I mean... Um, and then make some for yourself. And that was really difficult because there was a famine going on. But this widow, uh, she Who was a non-Christian. Yeah, yeah, non-Christian. By, you know. By their standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but she did what Elijah asked. That and took she fed, huge faith. Huge faith. So she put God first, so mm -hmm, to speak, mm -hmm. or God's prophet first. And then later on in the story, again, go to 1 Kings 16 and 17, this widow only had one son and the son died. And now she's, you know, husbandless and childless. And through Elijah's prayers, mm -hmm. that boy, her son, was brought back to life. And so the lesson kind of they brought out... They were reunited. They were reunited. There was a reunion. So the, the lesson brought out, if we put God first, mm -hmm. just like clearing the rubbish away... Um, then God will bless and in ways that he couldn't and, bless otherwise. And put him first and trust in him 
in spite of what we may be experiencing. Right. And let us know in the comments below whether you think Elijah was freaking out as his water was drying up. <laughs> I'd be interested in your take. Um, okay, again, moving on for the sake of time. Tuesday, um, turning hearts at the altar. Mm -hmm. um, what happens at an altar? Worship, normally. You know, big church has an altar at the front. Um, not the church we go to doesn't have a big altar at the front, just has a pulpit where the word of God is preached. Um, but altar is often synonymous with worship. Mm -hmm. And um, in the context that we're looking at this whole quarter, uh, and especially this lesson, um, family worship mm -hmm. is something we mm -hmm. haven't really talked about in the whole 13 weeks that we've but been But we going. have many programs on the Homeplace website or the Homeplace YouTube channel where yes. you can go. There's one called Feeding the Soul. It's all about worship. Right. Family worship, what children, what children would like to have, what parents need. Yeah. I'll put a link at the end of yeah. this video or, or yeah. even in the description. But I ju we just wanted to encourage you as we were reviewing the lesson that family worship, if you're not having family worship, it's a great opportunity mm -hmm. if you've got children in the home. What does family worship look like? So, so I just got to ask, does that mean if you don't have children in the home, you don't need family worship? No, I wasn't meaning that. <laughs> I was saying it's a great opportunity if you do. somebody's going to go, oh, well then. Well, you can have family worship if there's just one of you. Well, if there's I can two of you. I still remember when we were very first married, living right. in our tiny little travel trailer, we began to realize the need for family worship and we started and it was kind of awkward if yeah, you remember it was very awkward it, yeah so if you feel awkward it's okay just the two of us that was and yeah. then we did it when the kids came along yeah and we still do it to this day yeah but family worship it's not like a mini church service no um that's that's too complicated it's just short and spirited if it lasts 15 20 minutes that would be a long one um for for us you know typically it was 20 minutes you know 25 minutes sometimes um but we found it better to keep it short, keep it upbeat, especially if there's young children. It's just a great time to, to read God's word mm -hmm. together. Or when our kids were really young, we would, you know, stick felts on the board or mm -hmm. do something on the screen. Just something that kept them engaged. Right. And, you know, you may be saying, well, that's great and all, but yeah, we do family worship. Well, I just challenge you to take a look at your family worship yeah, maybe of. it needs a revamp maybe it needs a pep up maybe it needs to become more relevant to who you are now you know we aren't doing felts and all those kinds of stories <laughs> you know we're doing stuff relevant to a 20 year old in the home yeah, as a young person 20 year olds not so interested in felts. not really no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um and then we can what we do more now is you know we read something and we discuss what yeah. we've read um, it's a great opportunity to pray together, to mm -hmm. pray for each other, uh, to sing together mm -hmm. if you're musical or play an instrument. Um, anyway, yeah. don't miss out on the time for family worship. It's If you have family worship once or twice a day and all the way through the time that the kids are growing up, that's a huge amount of spiritual mm -hmm. instruction mm -hmm. and camaraderie. Um, that will go a lot further than even church once a week. Well, and it kind of puts a hedge of protection about your family as you go about the day. You've started the day right, right. together as a family. Amen, amen. Wednesday, turning hearts at the Jordan. This was talking about John the Baptist. Remember we mentioned, or maybe we didn't, at the beginning, Elijah. Yeah, I did. Elijah uh, in Malachi said that the Elijah message was going to come through, and that came through John the Baptist. And here the lesson looked into the ministry of John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. And really, when you think about it, John's message was really repent. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it was the baptism of repentance that you know he was famous for, mm-hmm. and people were coming out to the Jordan River there and being baptized. And his message really was, "Get ready." Get ready. I'm not. I'm not it. But he's coming. Yes, that's right. And it was also a message of humble yourselves, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. confess. And really, that's the same message that mm-hmm. God's giving to us today that we need to be giving to the world. And it, it, us as, in a, as a, a church. Us as a church, yeah. yeah. Uh, God's people. But we can't give the message, repent everybody and confess everybody and if we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just a hollow message. I sometimes wonder if that's why the message isn't really going out with the power is because it's not lived out in the power that God wants it to mm-hmm. in our own hearts. Mm-hmm. And John 3.30, um, he must increase. This is what John the Baptist said. He, talking about Christ, he, Christ, must increase, but I must decrease. That is such a humble verse. Yeah. That is, yeah. I mean, John was saying that as his ministry was kind of changing and Jesus was taking over, but it really is a practical verse for us in mm-hmm. any situation. What do I do in this situation? Okay, you want to know what you do in any situation? This is the verse, John 3.30. God must increase. God must increase and I must, I must decrease. decrease. It works for every situation. Yeah. Um, Thursday was turning hearts in the last days. Um, this was, go ahead, I looked like you were going to interrupt me. <laughs> I was just going to say, I would sum it up as the world needs to see it practically lived out in our hearts and homes and families. Right. And it's that that will have the powerful impact upon people out there. Yeah, yeah. You said the same thing I was going to say. It's, <laughs> um, I don't know if you've noticed, but we live in a very individualistic mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. Um, the everybody's an individual you know you think one thing I think another you know I do this and you do that there's not really groups in the same way I mean people are grouped together by interest you know I support Liverpool or you know I, I support uh, West <laughs> that's Ham. getting a bit British now that, that's British soccer yeah <laughs> I'm just um, saying or whatever NBA team it is that you're into, the the Warriors or the Lakers or whatever. But um, really the ultimate team is the family. And the family makes up the church. Um, In fact, I had a quote here that kind of says this. It says, the well-being of society, the success of the church, the prosperity of the nation depends upon individuals no no it's not what it says home influences mm-hmm. the family the 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 family unit so if we are going to give the elijah message at the end of time the repent jesus is coming soon turning hearts of fathers to children and children yeah to fathers. that's right then it's going to have to happen in us mm-hmm. and it's going to have to happen in our family and right. that's that's really what we've been covering this whole quarter and it's really what the home place the the ministry that we have mm-hmm. uh, covers in a mm-hmm. variety of different ways so we are transitioning now out but of... before we do i just want to say that you know we really want to give thanks to claudio and pamela consuegra who have put this whole family seasons quarterly together. It was a lot of work. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a huge blessing to us. Yeah, it's difficult when you write a lesson like this to cover 
all the right. countries of they, the world. And I know they've got lots of other material out there, but they've done a fantastic yeah. job. So we didn't write this, they wrote this, and all we're we doing We were just doing is, a commentary on right, it. Right, basically. And they gave us a few tips along the way. <laughs> We've had some great <laughs> chit-chat back and forth with them too. But next month we are moving into something we're super excited yeah. about. We live here in the northwest corner of Montana, and just down the road an hour is one of the jewels of the continent, Glacier mm -hmm. National Park. And here's some just some pictures uh, that we took last summer. And we are heading out there and we're going to we're going back to our shorter programs. You know, these have been getting up into right. the 20, 25 yeah. minutes, but typically we're, you know, five or six minutes. And we're going to be giving short practical messages on parenting and family life and some parables from the, the great beauties that we will so we're find actually going to be there on location doing the next series worth of programs and we're going to be there rain or shine so some... and we're going to go a few other places besides glacier we won't say where oh i was going to tell them <laughs> oh no 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 i can't tell them no i want to tell no. them so bad <laughs> you, okay. so you're going to have to watch to find out where else we go besides glacier can i give them a clue no not even a clue no yeah <sighs> hopefully they'll guess it when we get there I think they will. Well, yeah, when we get there, yeah. <laughs> okay, all righty, enough of our rabbiting on. So if you haven't already liked our um, Facebook page, please do, mm -hmm. and then you'll see these new programs that are coming up. Or if you're watching on YouTube, remember like and subscribe, and then you'll get a little ding dong yep. when we upload those new programs. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's been great studying the Sabbath School together with you these last 13 weeks. Stay with us as we move into Glacier Park. And we'll see you there. All righty. God bless from Paul and Carolyn. <laughs>